Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Ying Junwu, CEO and co-founder of Rising Wave Labs, a SQL stream processing platform that's raised $40 million in funding. Ying Jun, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking, and, and thanks for being here. Super, super excited to chat. Cool, cool. I really like to have the chance to talk to you. Yeah, so to kick things off, let's just start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Well, I'm Ying Junwu, and I'm the founder of Rising Wave Labs. So basically, it's a company, it's a service company that invents the next generation SQL streaming database in the cloud. Well, I started a company in early 2021. And before running the company, I was a software engineer at AWS Redshift, the data warehouse, yeah, the cloud data warehouse built by AWS. And prior to that, I was doing research at IBM Research Amazon. And I obtained my PhD from National University of Singapore and also spent a couple of months in Cashmere University. So my PhD was also about stream processing. And now I'm also doing stream processing. So over the last 10 years, uh, yeah, my entire life is about stream processing database systems. Yeah. And well, I'm also a frequent traveler. So yeah, definitely I travel a lot for, for the work, but definitely also for, for fun. And uh, I've been to probably 20 plus countries. Essentially, this Sunday, I'll be flying to, to Singapore and next week I will be in London. So it's super fun. What's the craziest country you've ever traveled to? Indonesia. So, you know, Indonesia is a country in Southeast Asia and uh, it has amazing food and the beach is great. And it has a lot of fun riding a motorbike. You know, that's the country is full of motorbike and everyone is full of riding motorbike. So in the in the country, you have to rent a motorbike and uh, and yeah, drive there. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. And are you from Singapore or where are you from originally? I was originally from China, but I did my school in Singapore. Mm. What was that like when you made that transition from China to Singapore? Was that a, a big big life difference for you, or or what was that like? Well, I think it's not a big, big difference because we're still in Asia, right? Where it's not like, okay, I moved from Asia to Europe or I moved from Asia to, let's say, South America, right? Where it's kind of a big transition. But from China to Singapore, I, I think it's, um, I mean, the lifestyle is similar. But definitely, I mean, Singapore is a nice country with nice people. And uh, also, I spend a great time there enjoying the food there. <laughs> nice. That's very amazing. Now, a few questions that we like to ask just to better understand you know, who you are as a founder. First one is, what CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them? Well, when you talk about the CEO as well, I think we're probably the first few names come to me will be probably Elon Musk or probably Steve Jobs, right? Everyone talk about them, right? Well, I think well, these two guys will, and also some other founders well, and CEOs, well, they are great people and uh, they are probably the world's most innovative entrepreneurs, right? And I like them a lot. But if you ask me something like, okay, if I have to pick one and only one founder that I admire, then I would probably say Jeff Bezos from 
you are the CEO of Amazon. Well, I mentioned Jeff Bezos not because well, I used to be an Amazon employee, right? So I, I work for him. But because, well, okay, the, the way he leads a company. So you know that, okay, many founders will say that, okay, oh, we have to beat our competitors, right? We have to roll out a new feature quickly, right? And we probably need to develop some novel stuff that no one has ever tried before, right? That would be great, right? And everyone should do that. I totally agree with them. But for I think for the Amazon's culture is a little bit different. So in Amazon, uh, people care most about is to make customers happy, to be customer obsessed, right? And Jeff actually mentioned a lot about, okay, you probably don't need to focus too much about what your competitors have done. And you probably don't need to care too much about the buzzwords, right? And mm -hmm. AI, a lot of things, right? Rockets, right? All kinds of things. We do not need to focus too much about that. The thing you should do and the thing you should focus on is the customer. You should always put the customer first. And I believe that's why Amazon can stand out and become one of the biggest and probably the greatest company in the planet. And I admire him a lot. And essentially, that's how I lead a current company, Riding with Blast. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And you know, as a consumer of you know, Amazon, like it's just so clear how much they care about the customer. Every interaction you have with Amazon is a positive one. It adds a lot of value to their life. So it's very real, their customer obsession. And I, I think that's you know very unique. A lot of companies say they care about the customer, but then it's like a, you know, a shitty customer experience. So it's not true. Amazon, yeah. it, it seems very consistent. That's right. That's right. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had a, a major impact on you as a founder? And uh, because you said Amazon here or Jeff Bezos before, you can't say uh, the everything store. Yeah, well, I mean, I read um, a lot of books. Well, the most recent book I read was a book called Gaunt, Jam, and Steel. In the book, it was actually an old book. And it was about, okay, the evolution of humans. I read this kind of book because, well, I really love history. And we can always learn from history, right? Because well, history always repeats itself. But well, if you ask me about, okay, what books well, that have the greatest impact to me as a founder, then I would like to say that would be the, the book called The Hard Things About Hard Things, written by Ben Horowitz. So I love this book because well, I'm not just treated as a book. I mean, a startup book teaches you how to build a startup. But I really treat it as a reference. Because well, in this book, the author actually mentioned a lot about well, the details, a lot of travels you probably need to come from about like how to help people, how to follow people, how to retain talents, how to control your customers' expectations, and how to treat your competitors, etc. So whenever I come from some problems and I probably do not really have the answer, I will refer to this book and I will check, okay, how this guy have it done and how the other people will fix their problem. Right? So I really love this book and I highly recommend this book. Nice. Yeah, it's such a great book. And I, I've read that a few times. And, and every time I've read it, I, I learned something new. So yeah. on the topic of history, I'm also super into history. My fiance teases me for it, but I'm a, I'm a history nerd. My two favorite people in, in history are, uh, it's uh, I just say my, my first one is Napoleon. So he's my favorite figure from history. Who is your favorite figure if you had to choose one person from history? Well, Napoleon is definitely great. Well, I think well, from uh 
well, come to me. Well, I think it would be Edison. Reason I choose him is that okay. So what he told me is that okay, failure is okay. Failure is not just a failure. Well, I mean, it's actually the road that can lead to success. Think about well, how many times Edison has failed, right? I don't know, hundreds of times, probably thousands of times, but he never gave up, right? So think about, okay, every time I, I run into some troubles, or probably every time I, I failed, I'll make some troubles, right? So I'll come from any, any issues. I was thinking about, okay, look, these people never give up. And these people always keep trying, right? Trying and trying. So yeah, I like it. Nice. I love that. Now let's switch gears here and let's dive a bit deeper into the company. So we call this segment the pitch. So this is the elevator pitch talking about the problem you're solving, who you solve it for, and really what the product does. So let's go for it. What's the pitch behind what you do? So what we're doing is a database streaming, SQL streaming database called a rising wave. So it's essentially a database for stream processing. So think about the batch processing. Batch processing is about, okay, you have a bunch of data and then you run the complex query there, right? Think about, well, if you have a, in a bank, it runs a query every single night so that you can see the results of yesterday. But you cannot see the results of, let's say, last five minutes. So you cannot get a real-time insights. So it's really hard for people to make real-time decisions based on real-time data, right? So... Yeah, think about these banks. Well, I mean, you have to wait for probably a day for the fresh results, right? But the way that we do is stream processing. Stream processing means that, okay, I mean, it will refresh your results every time a new data comes in. So what do you mean that, okay, it, you will always, as a user, you will always receive the latest results based on the most recent data. So if you run a bank or if you run, a, let's say, a fintech company, your customers do not need to wait for a long time to get the results. It, they do not need to just see, okay, what happened yesterday. They can just see, okay, what happened last five minutes or probably just last 10 seconds. So that case will help them to make a better decision. Yeah, that's what we did. And what we built is a cloud base, which means that, okay, you can just think about Snowflake, think about Redshift, think about the other cloud databases. We are one of them and we sell the product in the cloud. So as long as you have the internet access, you can use our product and you can use our product to serve your business, to serve your real-time application. Nice. That's super interesting. And take me back to the early days. So I, I believe I see the company started in 2021. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Early 2021. Essentially January. Yeah. January. Okay. So, so what was going on back then in those early days as you were, you know, just starting what made you say, all right, I'm leaving Amazon or I'm, I'm leaving AWS and I, I'm going to go build Rising Wave Labs? You know, what was that transition like for you? Look, well, as I mentioned, well, I, I did my PhD in stream processing and database systems. And that was probably 10 years ago, five or 10 years ago. And well, at the time, what I saw is that, okay, I mean, stream processing is great, but well, look, well, there are not too many chances. And those were leading tech companies have already adopted stream processing, right? And then I joined, okay, so first IBM and then I uh, moved to Amazon. In Amazon, I built AWS Redshift, which is one of the, the best data warehouse in the world. So what Redshift can do is that it can do batch processing. Basically, you have a huge amount of data 
And in Redshift, you can just run a query, run a SQL query, and then generate results. But it only provides people the still result. You can run query in Amazon every, let's say, every six hours or every 12 hours, right? But the result is not that fresh. It's not real-time result. So you cannot make real-time decisions, right? And that's why I think that's a problem. We can just reinvent stream processing and put the stream processing in a cloud so that everyone can generate real-time results in the cloud. And, well, unfortunately, I don't really think that for AWS Redshift is, um, can pivot to that direction. And, and I think that probably I should do something on my own. And that's why I founded this company. That's so amazing. This show is brought to you by Frontlines Media, a podcast production studio that helps B2B founders launch, manage, and grow their own podcast. Now, if you're a founder, you may be thinking, I don't have time to host a podcast. I've got a company to build. Well, that's exactly what we built our service to do. You show up and host, and we handle literally everything else. To set up a call to discuss launching your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. Now, back to today's episode. Now, let's talk about growth. So are there any numbers you can share that just highlight some of the growth that you're seeing today? Yeah, definitely will. So we checked telemetries. I just I checked over the last four weeks, essentially 28 days, right? We got over 5,000 deployments across the world. And we have over 100 long-running clusters across the world. And we also have uh, dozens of prospects using the trying to use our cloud product. And in GitHub, we have, okay, probably 5,000 stars. Yeah, that's a, definitely a great number, right? So yeah, th- these are the numbers. Wow, very impressive. And what do you attribute to that growth? You know, what are you, what are you getting right in your marketing? And, and what are you doing to really capture the attention of potential customers? Well, the fun fact is that, okay, look, well, Last year, we don't really have any marketing person. And what we have is, uh, well, yeah, basically engineers, right? But we use Rust. Rust is, uh, I mean, a trending programming language, right? Everyone is talking about, okay, I should brew something new, rebuild something in Rust. And we build a system in Rust, and we actually gained a lot of attention from the Rust community. But that was around a year ago. And this year, we actually spend more time on educating people about stream processing because for what we heard is that, okay, essentially more and more company cares more about, okay, how to generate real-time insights. And in the marketing side, we will tell people that, look, essentially you can use Rising Wave to do such one thing. You can just use SQL because what SQL, everyone knows SQL. Everyone knows how to use SQL. And all SQL is also Postgres-style SQL. And basically, every single developer knows how to use Postgres. So there's no learning curve. And that's why we got a lot of tractions and people which were directly shifted from their yeah, conventional database systems to our system to do stream processing. Yeah, that's why how we gained the traction. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. And so far... What would you say has been your greatest go-to-market challenge and how have you overcome that challenge? I don't know. Well, I mean, probably I face well, hundreds of challenges every single day. But for, if you're asking me about the biggest challenge, then I should say that for AWS, it is how to set the priorities. We have a lot of prospects 
and the people are because we are also open source software. ResinWave is open source in GitHub, and we actually get a lot of、uh, questions from the open source community as well as from our prospects. And every single people, every single user asking for different things. Some of the users will ask about okay whether you can have integration with this system or that system, right? And some people will ask about okay, well, I need really need this feature. When you can deliver this? And some people will ask okay,、uh, do you have let's say GCP support? Do you have Azure support? Right? There are so many questions, and there are so many things we can do, and there are so many features we need to develop. But our bandwidth, to be honest, is kind of limited, and we have yeah, just、uh, dozens of engineers, right? We cannot scale the team crazy, so we have to think about how to set a priority and、uh, what kind of the problems we need to fix as early as possible, and what kind of things we need to probably reconsider. I would like to say that was that's the biggest challenge I've come from these days. And if you reflect on your journey so far. What would you say is the number one piece of advice you'd give to yourself if you were just starting the company again today from scratch? Talk to your customer early. Well, look, when I started a company, what I saw is that okay, what I'm building is a stream processing database system. Okay, database system hasn't been there for let's say forty, fifty, or sixty years, right? And SQL is kind of standard, right? At the time, I saw that okay, look, okay, I, I. I don't need to talk to your customers. I can probably just write the code, right, and build the system. And、uh, after a system is mature enough, I I can talk to the customers. But the thing is that okay, if you do not really talk to your customers, you don't really know what a customer's workload looks like and what customers' true requirement looks like. Think about the integrations. I mean, people nowadays will when people build systems. We have to build integrations with some other systems in the stream processing space. As a streaming database, we have to build integration with some、um, messaging systems such as Apache Kafka, Apache Pausa, Repanda, and also we also need to build integrations with some、uh, data lakes like Hudi, Iceberg, Delta. There are so many requirements, but if you do not really talk to your customers, what you will think is that okay, I should support all of them. But at the end of the day, your bandwidth is limited, and you will feel, feel that okay. I probably cannot really finish all of them at once. So that's why I feel that okay. You should. We should talk to customers early, as early as possible. Even if we just have an idea, we should talk to the customers what they really want, and talk to them in detail. Don't just talk to them about big ideas, because well, if you just talk about the big ideas. They will say that okay, it's a cool idea, and I fully support you. Talking about big idea doesn't really work. You should talk to them about the details of your product, even if you haven't implemented it. So, yeah, talking to the customers first before launching the startup. Yeah, nice. I love that. And final question here for you. Let's zoom out three to five years from today. What's the vision for the company? Well, I hope that our company will become the leading company, one of the leading company in the stream processing domain, because well, well, definitely we are working on stream processing, and、uh, we believe that okay, stream processing is a trend, and、uh, more and more people really need real-time 
uh, result uh, obtained from real-time data. And we want to be focused. We probably, within the next of three to five years, probably will not spend across different domains. We will not do AI and we will not do LLM, right? People are talking about LLM and ChatGPT nowadays. We will not do that. We will have focus. We will also be focusing on the customers. And we hope that within the next three to five years, when you talk to all customers, all customers should tell you that we are so customer obsessed and using all the products gives them great experience. And that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. Well, unfortunately, we are up on time, so we're going to have to wrap the interview here. Before we do, if people listening want to follow along with your journey as you continue to build, where should they go? Well, I mean, you can come to my Twitter account where I'm in Alden King, where I'm, in, I'm pretty active in Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to share your story and, and talk about everything that you're building. This has been a lot of fun. I, I've learned a lot and I've, I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time and wish you the best of luck in executing on this mission. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, no problem. Keep in touch. This episode of Category Visionaries is brought to you by Frontlines Media, Silicon Valley's leading podcast production studio. If you're a B2B founder looking for help launching and growing your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. And for the latest episode, search for Category Visionaries on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. 